Good morning, podcast listeners. It's Thursday, so I missed my Saturday podcast. Oh my gosh, excuse me, I just had the biggest yawn, <laughs> and I've been up for like three hours. Um, you know, I didn't miss my podcast, I just didn't have anything to say, so I didn't record. And I'm sorry for those people who actually listen to me, um, because, you know, I hate whenever I, well, hate's a very strong word, so I won't say that. I greatly dislike when I am looking for the next episode of a podcast and it's just not there, and I'm thinking, well, that, that was a letdown. I was really looking forward to that. And not that I expect anybody to look forward to my podcasts. Um, but, you know, five of you listened to my last one. <laughs> so at least, you know, there's some curious people out there, I guess. Um, wow, so... Just some reflections that I've been having lately. So it's July 20... I don't know what date it is, and I have to put on my glasses... Because I'm an old lady at the age of 42, and I can't see the screen. There we go. This is 23rd. So it's July 23rd, 2020. And, you know, I knew the year 2020 would be an awesomely unique and interesting year. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody is talking about this, right? You know, there is a pandemic, and there is social unrest and social justice issues and justice issues and yada 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 I am so so very sick of hearing about all of them so sick of it here's what I would really like to know how much longer are we going to be forced by this pandemic not by the government or the man or the people or the dark state or anything like that how much longer is this going to last? Where is the end to this? I mean, I was a kid when AIDS came out. First it was HIV, and then it was AIDS, and now I'm sure it has another term. Um, but, you know, I mean, I went to Catholic school and we learned about it in school. You know, we were taught about, you know, where it came from and um, how it was transmitted and how to prevent it. You know, and as I think back on it, <laughs> my little Catholic school is pretty darn progressive. You know, oh, I hate that term. Not progressive. They were um, forward thinking. There we go. Um, because they they had lessons about grand mal seizures and HIV and and everything imaginable. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> as a kid, when I um, attended those training sessions um and they talked about how your your um oh my gosh how your um glands would get swollen right and so I would sit there every day and like feel my glands it's like okay they're not swollen I'm okay I don't have AIDS um and then you know I swore for like at least a year I swore that I had AIDS and I was dying because I had like these like you know under your arms you have glands and I had like this really hard like gland pit thingy going on and 
I found out later on that that's actually like a puberty thing, but I swore for a year that I just, I knew I had AIDS and I just couldn't tell anybody because everybody would be so sad. And so I just kept it to myself and then I worried about it for an entire year. And you know, that's, <laughs> that is a great symptom of my anxiety. For some reason, I have to have something to like, not just worry about, but absolutely terrorize myself about. Because if I don't, then, you know, the voices in my head, like, just get super bored. And you know what happens with boredom. So, you know, I went from knowing that I had AIDS and, like, knowing for sure I was dying and not telling anybody about it when I didn't ever do anything <laughs> that could make me contract AIDS. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> at that point in my life. And let's see. And then, um, gosh, I got to college. And I think for, you know, the bulk of my college years, let me think through this here. Except for whenever I was at West Point. But other than that, for the bulk of my college years, I spent most of my time um, using substances, whether it was alcohol or cigarettes or, and I know cigarettes aren't a substance, but nicotine is an addictive substance and I have an extremely addictive personality. So, um, yeah, so either it was alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or sex or whatever, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, actually, I can't say that. Yeah, even whenever I was at West Point, I used substances because, you know, I I had a boyfriend and we had sex often. So, um, I use those things to distract me from my anxiety and from the craziness in my head. So, when those things go away, like when you become like an actual responsible adult, <laughs> which is what happened to me at the age of 23, whenever I found out that I was pregnant with my son, who is amazing and is sleeping upstairs on my couch, because it's the summer and he's 18, and he works a wonky, very early morning, like 4.20 to 4.30 until done shift in the morning, which is ridiculous, but that's okay. Um, so at the age of 23, when I found that I was pregnant, everything that I was doing in a technically negative, um, um, manner was, uh, was stopped. I, I instantly stopped smoking. I instantly stopped doing drugs. Um, I well, obviously stopped having sex because, you know, who wants to have sex with a pregnant lady? Uh, <laughs> I had other things to focus on. So men were just like, so like, I don't even think I looked at a guy for at least three years. Um, so there was that. Yeah. So everything stopped like no drugs, no drinking, no sexing, no, no smoking, no nothing. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. For a person with an addictive personality, you either, well, you always find something to obsess about, something to be addicted to, whether it's a substance, a situation, a relationship, a feeling, whatever. 
you know. Um, <laughs> and I have to say that I think it was positive, but I became 100% obsessed with my being a mom. And I focused on being a mom for 19 years. And I say 19 because, you know, those nine months of being pregnant count as being a mom. Even though some people think that it doesn't. You're still a mom. <laughs> like, the minute you conceive that baby, you're a mom. The minute you conceive that baby, you're a dad. Now, whether you want to step up and take responsibility, or whether you just want to continue on with your measly little life and not, sorry, I have feelings about that. <laughs> Let me back up. From the minute a child is conceived, the two people involved in the conceiving of that child are that child's parents. Period. The end. Done. Parents. So, I just jumped in with both feet, both hands, and full heart, you know, and I don't know how we survived, you know, those first five years, but we did, you know, and it was an adventure, and my kid is amazing, because he's just gonna, you know, I had that theory of have kid bowl travel, and nothing was gonna stop me, and nothing stopped me, and I had kid, and I traveled, and I finished my graduate school. I have a master's degree. I got a really good job. <laughs> then I screwed up, but that's okay. That took a couple years to do. Um, and then I got another really good job, which I kept for a really long time. Um, yeah. And so he just kind of went along with crazy. And <laughs> if you sit down and talk to him today, he has such an amazing sense of humor and such a amazing outlook on life. Um, he is very irritating most times when you wake him up in the morning. <laughs> he does not like to be woken up. He does not actually like to like be motivated to get out of bed um, or off of the couch, whichever one. The couch is his bed most times. Um <laughs> But once he is up and moving, he's good to go. I, I'm pretty sure he got all of that from me. All of it. Because I am completely that way. Don't talk to me in the morning. Don't offer me coffee. Just get the heck out of my sphere. Out. But by now. I will talk to you when I'm ready. And I'm usually not ready for like two hours. Which is why I'm recording this at like 9.30 in the morning. Oh well. Okay, so... So yeah, I became obsessed with my son, with being a mom and with making him into, you know, an amazing person. And I, I wasn't one of those helicopter moms. At least I don't think I was. Someone accused me of being a helicopter mom. And, um, I just want to let her know that neener, neener, she was wrong. I was awesome. <laughs> or maybe I was an awesome helicopter mom. Who knows? Anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to make him into, well, I wanted to keep him alive. I couldn't keep a houseplant alive. <laughs> you know, when I first got pregnant, oh my gosh, couldn't cook, couldn't keep a houseplant alive, was pretty much a hot mess. So I took my hot mess McGee self and, you know, I I can finally keep houseplants alive, though. You know, the, there's one in my office that is dead, though. I didn't keep that alive at all. But I have three other houseplants, four, that are alive. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> my kids survived 19 years. And my two stepkids are alive. You know, I had a little something to do with that. 
not a whole lot, but a little something. And hey, they all still talk to me, which is amazing. So yeah. Um, so now I need a new obsession because my little baby is leaving me. My sweet little baby. Um, I kind of feel like I'm pushing him out of the nest. But I'm pushing him out of the nest into a very soft landing. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not like when my parents pushed me out of the nest. And Well, actually, I don't think I was pushed out of the nest. I think I flew like as quickly as I could out of the nest and into a couple brick walls <laughs> on my way. But, you know, I eventually got to where I needed to be, you know? So, um, age of 17, graduated high school. Went off to college three months later and never returned home to live. Ever. I did return home, like, for the summer. I think it was one summer. And I thought, you people are batshit. No, not happening. Bye-bye. Yeah, so spent most of my summers, at least in, in the last two years of college. And then, of course, all of graduate school. Because by that point, I was, like, out on my own. Um, yeah every summer in school because you know summer school in college <laughs> is actually not bad and it gets you that much further ahead so um yeah so I need to find something to focus on so I was thinking you know I've been trying to do graduate school for years like the last past three years and um two of them just didn't work, you know? I, I finally came to the decision that I did not want to get a PhD, even though being Dr. Whitney Smith McIntosh sounds amazing. It just wasn't for me, you know? <laughs> no. Um, so I decided to get another master's degree. My second master's degree is going to be in counseling, um, clinical mental health counseling. And it is super, super scary. And it is super um, nerve-wracking and sets my anxiety on edge and makes me want to cry most days because this is something I really, really want, and I'm terrified that I'm not going to get it. I'm terrified that I'm not going to have enough money to pay for it. I'm just terrified all the way around. And then <laughs> whenever I finally get my license, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be terrified that I'm going to screw up the first person I counsel. Oh, my golly. So, yeah, lots of... Lots of issues there. So I kind of understand. Um, I mean, not not in the same place at all. But kind of understand what it is to be my son. Because he's venturing into something that he has never done before. Like, ever. You know? And he's, like, doing two brand new things. And it's it's scary. But, you know... Luckily for him, he has an amazing mom who is, like, less than 20 minutes away. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's how good my son has it. So his college is completely paid for. For He's going to the community college in the area to figure out what he wants to do for the rest of his life. And the cool thing is that he's, I think he's figured it out already. And he can do that thing at the community college and get his tier degree there and then go right into the workforce with that and while he's in the workforce he can continue on getting his his bachelor's or whatever else he wants to do or which is my cross the fingers hope i i had hoped that he would become a priest but that hope is you know long gone <laughs> basically i don't think he's going to be a catholic priest he's still going to be catholic and he is a knight of columbus third degree um but yeah not not going to be a priest 
probably not going to be the deacon that I'm offering him up either. <sighs> if only I could control his every move. Anyway, so, um, so his school's paid for for two years. Oh, I really, really, really want him to go into the Air Force because we have an Air Force National Guard or Air Guard here in the town that we live. And I know the commander, and I know, like, so many people there, and I know that he will just love it, and it's going to be so good for him. And I really want him to join, because, oh, so cool. And he's going to, he's going into cybersecurity for his, for his um, degree anyway. Cybersecurity in the Air Force, with an ASVAB score that I've never seen that high before. Oh my gosh, they will hand you fistfuls of money, whatever you want, just go in. <sighs> anyway, so I have a little bit of time to work on him with that. Um, but, yeah, so his school's paid for. Um, he's moving into the house that he grew up in for, like, the first couple of years that we lived in in, in Iowa. Um, I almost said Connecticut. That's where he was born. Um, so when <clears throat> that first and only house that I ever bought is occupied by my renter right now. It will be unoccupied shortly. Um, I'm getting the roof fixed, the driveway fixed, the back deck fixed. Um, we're going to oh, make the back deck um, kitty-proof because he's taking his favorite cat. Um, and, you know, the house is going to be furnished. You know, he's gonna, he has a job where he is going to be able to pay for a portion of the rent while I pay for another portion of the rent because, you know, my parents didn't really pay for much of anything. But my loans paid for room and board and for college, so, you know, there's that. So, this college is paid for already through years, 18 years of savings. Actually, 16 years of savings, sorry. Um, and so, room and board is not that big of a stretch for me to have to try and help them out with. So... He gets to live in a house in a neighborhood. I mean, like, real life? How cool is that, you know? And I trust him to not, like, have house parties and do inappropriate things that I would definitely have done if I were in his place. He's just way more responsible and level-headed than I ever was. So, yeah. So, my new obsession. Um, most likely, will be getting my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and my other obsession has become my side hustle which is selling scentsy so anyone listening to this if you want to buy some waxes or lotions or air things for me let me know i'm over here i have a page um <laughs> just had to put that plug out there um and you know my husband is running for sheriff and I have become his campaign manager and I am like going whole hog in this thing. And so, yeah, three new obsessions, each of them with a deadline. So, um, yeah, well, actually, since he doesn't have a deadline, but they have goals. So goals, deadlines, things to work towards. Anyway, 20 minutes of me rambling, um, so many more things for me to ramble about, but I'll come back to y'all next, this coming Saturday. I will not make a promise, but I will make a concerted effort to record and post this coming Saturday. Everybody have an amazing rest of your week. 
Know that you are loved and that someone is thinking of you.